Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we have an extra special episode because we are interviewing Amanda Celine Miller, who, if you do not know, voices Junko Inoshima and Toku Fukawa, my doppelganger, and so I'm especially excited for this episode. Just so you know, this episode will spoil... Trigger Happy Havoc, Goodbye Despair, and Ultra Despair Girls. Anyway, with that said, let's get into this very special episode. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. I'm Caroline. I'm Junko Enoshima. And I'm Toko Fukawa. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Danganronpa Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ultra Hope Girls. And today we are joined by an incredibly special guest. It is Amanda Celine Miller. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hello. Hey. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're, we're excited. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> the voice of Toko and Junko and Shirakuma. <laughs> like, you've got all three. Nobody ever remembers yeah. Shirakuma. Thank you. <laughs> of and, and technically, I guess, the voice of Mukuro as well, because just those couple, like, little yeah. bit of audio or dialogue that we get at the very beginning of Trigger Happy Havoc, like, is technically Mukuro. That is so. true. So I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, half the cast at this point. But yeah. then, <laughs> within this character, we have, you know, like, Jamie, we have Jamie Markey, who does it in the anime. We have, uh, we have uh, Aaron Fitzgerald, who plays a couple of Junko's personalities in the game. So it's like, it's like a little family of, of Junko's within the, <laughs> the world that is already in Junko's head. Right. <laughs> we love that. Our first question for you is, like, kind of a basic question, but we like to ask it anyway because everyone's stories are so unique and interesting. So we were curious how you got into voice acting. Well, I was always a very shy kid. Oh, God, this is starting to sound like one of those recipes where you're like, I just want another recipe. They're like, when I was a child, I was very shy. And we had lemon <laughs> squares, let me tell you. Anyway, so when I was a kid, I was really shy. And I would, like, be like, okay, I'm going to perform for you guys, like, for my family. But I would be like, but don't turn around and don't look at me. And they were like, that, how, how are you going to be a performer if people don't look at you? So <laughs> it's kind of funny that, like, I found a way like eventually I got over that and I did theater and I do on camera now but like uh voiceover was kind of this great little thing where it's like I can be whatever I want and nobody like I can kind of I can kind of fade into the character so uh in high school uh, I did theater Uh, I got a scholarship to do theater at University of Maryland so that was my major and while I was in school I did this uh voiceover workshop called Adventures in Voice Acting taught by Tony Oliver and after the workshop, he pulled me aside. He's like, you have a future in this business. So I was like, which sounds very Hollywood. I'm like, you got a future on this business, kid. But uh, it kind of encouraged me to be like, okay, like, this is really fun. Where do they do this? So LA seemed kind of like the place to do it. And um, after I graduated college, I drove out to LA and settled out there and I got an internship at a voiceover studio but I was I made it clear which is not always good because sometimes like you kind of just need to be professional and be like no I'm here to do this internship but I was kind of like okay I'm here I'm gonna do a good job at my internship duties but like I'm here because I'm an actor so (laughs) they kind of took pity on me and would like throw me a bone every once in a while and whenever there was like 
walla sessions which is like extra work like you know where you're like in the background and so it's like you'd play a bunch of different school school girls in a hallway or whatever and you're just improvising and just kind of like oh yeah have you taken that that test oh my gosh no i haven't and you're just kind of you know whatever um they would throw me in to do walla sessions and they're like oh she doesn't suck so then they kind of would throw me in to do like little one-liners or like you know like would you like fries with that or whatever and eventually they kind of built up the confidence in them that they're like okay she's actually trained she she's not terrible so they started letting me audition for real things i started booking real things eventually i got an, a voiceover agent and you know more bigger auditions bigger bookings and then it kind of just over the past 10 years just grew from there that's so cool um of all of those roles that you've been a part of like from small to big what has been your favorite role so far i mean again i'm sure you get this a lot but it's like choosing between your children but then again i don't have children and i have a feeling that you do have favorites at least at times like i think people are just like lying because everybody else is lying they're like oh other people don't have favorites yeah i totally don't have favorites um right so i think it, it depends on how like different seasons like right now boruto's my boy because like he like he's just like my this this like he feels like my son or like my little brother and i like want to protect him and it's cool to like get to like live in those shoes because he's very optimistic he's very loyal and very he wants he believes the best in people and himself so he's very much like yeah i can do that i mean i have no training but like i believe in myself so i'm gonna try which might be you know a little a little cocky but it's also kind of sometimes that's what you got to do in life is fake it till you make it and you'd be surprised at what you can actually do and i'm somebody who's kind of like oh, i can't do it um i mean i'll probably fail so i even try so it's kind of nice to live in the world of somebody who really instead of being a pessimist and believes the worst in people and trying to pr protect themselves, it's nice to be like, oh, life could be really cool if I was just like, yeah, why can't I do it? Or why not? At least try. True. So yeah, that, or, but then like legacy favorite character would probably be Sailor Jupiter because I grew up watching Sailor Moon when I was a kid. Like, you know, I, I, I watched the deep dub growing up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I played Sailor Jupiter in my backyard. So who would have thought 20, you know, 20 years later, they would be redubbing it and they would be doing Salem and Crystal and all this stuff. And I would be in the right place at the right time. And the creator of the show picked the final cast. And like, I didn't know that until like, uh, like after I had booked it. And then I was like, Oh, this is a mistake. They're going to, the imposter syndrome took it, took over. And I was like, they're going to realize that I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, that they're going to cast somebody else. And then when I read an article saying that they, um, they had sent the final like top five to Japan for each character and the creator picked her final ones. And it was just such a like, okay, I'm meant to be here because this person who made this show that I loved that meant so much to me growing up heard my voice and was like, that's my Sailor Jupiter. Like it just kind of felt like a weird full circle thing. So that anytime I have a bad day, I kind of have to remind myself like anything can happen. That's such an honor. That's wow. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are the odds of that? So, I, I mean, I, when it, whatever, whatever you believe, I definitely feel like there's a, sometimes there's certain things that feel like meant to be. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I love that. There's hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's also despair. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you said before that you've now moved into doing some stage acting and also some film work. Um, I was just wondering, like, of the three mediums of voice acting, stage, and film, like, what do you like about each of them and what makes them different? That's a good question. Um, so I, theater was actually where I got started first. It was like my middle school 
years. And that was kind of the first experience I had where you could perform and people would look at you, but I couldn't see them. So it was kind of like a, a transition where like, it kind of helped me get comfortable being seen. But like, if the lights were on in the audience, I'm sure I'd be, I'd be like, no, this sucks. But like, there's kind of a division, like you can kind of go into your own world and don't break the fourth wall. So what I love about theater is, I mean, and the play, the play can jump back and forth, I guess, but for the most part, it's like a linear emotional arc. So with voiceover and film, a lot of times you'll do multiple takes or you might go back and, you know, and it's kind of out of context or you're having to like, you're in one emotional place and they're like, oh wait, actually let's go back a couple pages. And then you have to get back in that emotional place where theater, again, unless it's like a, a, a time jumping play, you tend to be like living in a real moment in this person's life. So you can really get invested. And I feel like theater to me has the most potential to really feel the emotions because you're not stopping and starting and trying to recapture something you just did five minutes ago. Like you're really, you know, if, if you're getting the news that somebody died, you're, you're, husband died in a play like it's going to hit you and it's going to sit with you and you get to live that out and I love the exchange of energy in theater where you can feel the audience or you can feel it when they're not with you but you can feel it's just like they're giving you energy you're giving them energy and it's just this like weird symbiotic experience so I love that about theater um for voiceover I love that I can be for the most part anything you know like I can play a young boy I can play you know an Amazon warrior or I can play at which I did uh evil mutant sushi one of my earliest things <laughs> a, a, a Japanese movie like a live action movie called dead sushi and me and a bunch of other uh like interns and like new voice actors were thrown in for the wall a group for that and so we were just they, they were just like these evil sushi with like teeth and they're like yeah like and they'd be like, okay, so that's sounding a little bit more like the albacore. We need to come up with a different voice for the sashimi. Like, it was the weirdest experience. But, like, voiceover, I feel like you get to flex your imagination. Like, theater, you get to do it, like, flex your imagination a lot. But with voiceover, it doesn't matter how you look. In fact, like, I gained a lot of weight over the couple of years because I didn't care. And now I've had to lose it because I'm doing it on camera. But, um... On camera, what I like is I like, and this is similar with voiceover, I like that it's eternal because with theater, everything's kind of ephemeral, you know, and so you're, it's wonderful. But then once it's over, you can never be like, you're like, oh, if you didn't see the show, it's gone forever. And there's something really sad about that. Like, I think theater actors always carry a little bit of grief with them because every, you know, there's a new experience around the corner, but that experience you can never have again, which I guess is life, but whatever. But on camera, I love that it's like, it's eternal. Like I can film something good or bad, preferably good. And it, it'll last. Like I can point to that. I can watch it again. I can, uh, I can appreciate that. And then also, yeah, I like the, um, I like, I don't know. It's, it, that's the newest one for me because that's like the final stage of like being seen. It's like, ah, this is going to go out. And like, if I'm on a big show or something, millions of people will see my face. It's not just my voice. And it's, so I do like that, that it feels like the final Pokemon evolution of my acting journey. So I guess I have the least to be able to say about, about that one, but I, I do like, I do also like the sets and the special effects and stuff like that. And, you know, while you're in it, it feels really fake and phony because you're like, this is a green screen. Like, but like afterwards when you see it, you're like, I was a superhero. Not that I've played that yet, but like, it's cool. <laughs>
that's on the on the to-do list yeah, yeah one day <laughs> for sure um we actually us three were uh, theater geeks in high school and so caroline is actually in musical theater still yes. now and for college and um so yeah we can definitely relate to the post-show grief kind of thing all the crying sessions on closing night yeah absolutely you fall in love with your castmates and you have cast parties and you're like this is the best feeling it's gonna last forever and then after you struck the set you're like (laughs) really come home yeah but then despair (laughs) i'm sure doing it that's true that the ultimate despair that's really why junko started doing it she's just like this feeling i want it to last forever (laughs) every set she wanted them to feel true despair. She should have had them run a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, have it be something where, like, people didn't show up, even though it was actually pretty good and, like, nobody will have seen it. That, is, it, that is true despair. It's brilliant, but lost upon, uh, lost in time. Our next question for you, actually, is um, we saw on your website that you speak several languages. And so I was very, very curious um, if you could tell us a little bit more about like how you learned so many languages and have you ever had an experience where you got to voice act or just act in general in another language? I, so I should state for the record, English is my native language. So like that, I'm not like, oh, I can speak all these languages natively, but like my mom is from France. Um, and so she's from a, she's from a region in France called Alsace, which was taken over by Germany in a couple world, world wars. So it's a very, it has a very high Germanic, uh, like the, the Alsatian dialect has a lot of German and a lot of French. So a lot of people there speak both. So, and then my dad was in the air force. So I was born in Germany. So I can like speak conversation, you know, conversational German, uh, my mom says I can speak fluent French. I don't know because my grammar's kind of bad, but she's like, no, you can get your point across and you sound fine. Arabic, I've been learning lately, um, especially because people keep asking me to, like, up to audition for parts for that. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to, I want to do justice to whatever role I play. So like recently I had a German character in a video game that I was recording and I really, I was having a couple issues with the accent trying to make it like really perfect because like that's for me it's always like I need to play whatever character I play I really want to play them with authenticity I don't want to half-ass anything so like I hired a dialect coach even though I already know a German accent I was like "Uh, I'm having issues on these areas so like for Arabic I was like well if they're going to bring me in for these parts I want to make sure that if they need me to speak Arabic I can at least sound like I can and it's also just been like a fun challenge because it's so different from English and there's sounds that it's, I'm not used to being as challenged with languages because, you know, a lot of European languages have a lot of similar, like, you know, phonemes and stuff. But Arabic, there's times where I'm like, oh, man, that's hard. I got to practice. And I feel like that's exciting to be like, to practice and practice and finally get it and be like, sabah, and like, be like, I did it, sabah, you know, or whatever. Like, it's kind of, also, it's a language my mom doesn't speak and I'm competitive, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question of how I learned them, though. But yeah, I, I don't know. No, no, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and have you ever like had an experience where you got to like voice act in a different language? Okay. Or so, yeah, I think I did an episode of Do- uh, Doraemon where I did. Um, I was like a German girl, and like the first couple lines were in German, and then we kind of just they just switched it to English, where it's like, yeah, we get like it's like magic took over, and she just she had like a German accent and stuff. So that's cool. I've gotten to do German a couple times. I don't know if I've actually ever had to do French. What have I had to do? Japanese a couple times. Um, but like uh, for this game, uh, Oni Chambara or One Chambara. I think it's Oni Chambara. But um, 
she in the japanese she speaks really bad broken english every once in a while to be cool so in the english version they had her speak bad broken Jap- japanese so she's like oh i'm mogra karoshite yaru <laughs> uh, and then for my web series i did a live action web series called ghosts and stuff inc and uh my character gets possessed by ghosts so in the first episode she got possessed by an ancient samurai ghost so there's a scene where I'm possessed and I'm just like, you know, oh, no, she no katana ni daisu. Like, and, and like, it's, it's fun. You should check it out. <laughs> That's so cool. That's <laughs> I awesome. definitely will check that out. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> little plug. It's like, it's basically like Parks and Rec meets Ghostbusters because those are two things that I really like. I made it, I made it like four years ago, but I, I still have an episode I have in the can that I haven't edited yet. And eventually one day when I'm famous, I'd, I'd like to complete the series but for now it just there's like eight episodes and i think they're cute that sounds like my dream series (laughs) (laughs) it's so cool oh well um so we were curious um specifically within the dong and rompa community um how has your experience been like with fan interactions things like that i love the dong and rompa community it's every fandom i feel like has a different personality or different kind of like code of ethics or whatever but like for something that's based on a game that's so dark and has like so much murder the fan base is so supportive and so open to each other like i'll have times where people will come to my table at a con and uh they'll be like half of a group and then another half of a group will walk by and they didn't know each other before but now they're like best friends like oh my gosh and it's really cool to see you know, and they don't even care. If there's multiple Junkos at a table, it's not like, oh, like, competitive. It's like, let's all take photos together. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny. I think the Danganronpa com- uh, community is similar to the Sailor Moon community in that way. And you would not think that those two titles would feel <laughs> similar, but. That's amazing. And I definitely see that for the Sailor Moon community. I love that. Oh, my God. Do you have, like, a favorite, like, fan encounter that you've ever had? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of really touching ones. I don't know if it's my favorite because then it's like sad. But like, there's definitely been times where people will, because, you know, we're not doctors. We're not pilots or whatever. We're not like doing something that seems vitally important. So, you know, people are like, oh, you're just an actor. But then every once in a while, it's nice to like see how something that we worked on affected somebody in a real way. Like, so it's not like, again, we're not doctors, we're not necessarily saving lives, but we're like, this is going to sound pompous, but like saving souls almost. Because like, in despair, people tend to go to art and entertainment for escape. Like, so even during Corona, people are watching more movies, they're, they're, they're consuming entertainment to help them feel in some, some way normal or just feel something, you know, and that's really cool that people turn to artists during these times like it shows kind of how everybody has a a role so we've had people where they come up to the table and you know there's it's a sad story but like they're like my sister and I used to watch this show uh and she's since passed on but like every time I watch this show I feel her with me you know or a lot of people have talked about how they were really depressed and, you know, maybe even suicidal and not to say that the show saved them, but the show felt like a lifeline. And like, obviously I'm not taking credit for like the show itself, but it's just cool to even be a part of that. 
I hate to so like drastically change the mood, <laughs> um, but our next questions are um, the start of our character questions. And so before we go to commercial break, we've got two questions for Junko, the queen of despair. <laughs> All right. So our first question for Junko is what would your ideal first date be? Oh my gosh. It should be like Avi, right? So what I would do is I'd be on like Tinder or whatever one of those apps are and I'd be swiping on like the hottest guys there and they would like reject me or they would, they would like respond and be all narcissistic and like not ask me questions about me and just throw me into such despair. And then somehow we'd be like talking, talking, talking and we'd eventually go out and I would return the favor and make him feel despair. And again, I don't, I don't necessarily want to like pin it down yet, but I feel like it would be something like I'd bring them home. I'd be like, Oh, by the way, I killed your parents or something like something fun. You know, something, I think love should be spontaneous is really what I think it would be. But I think that would be my ultimate, just a, just a mutual foundation of despair. Yeah. yeah. So kind of you to return yeah, the favor. That's amazing. Very generous. Junka, we were also curious about what your childhood was like and like kind of when did you come to the realization that you were ultimate despair? Ugh, it was so boring. Boring, boring, boring. Like I could tell you details and like sob stories and stuff. Like, no, we were homeless. But like, that's all boring. Been there, done that. Like millions of people are homeless. But you know what? Like I discovered that I can make people feel something and I can make myself feel something. And that feeling is despair. And it feels so wonderful. I'm getting choked up because I'm so excited talking about despair. It's like talking about like a, like a, like a, like a puppy dog or like a good friend, but then they died, which is like even better. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Girl, really there. Not. <laughs> really answer your question about when but like a lady never discloses her age chinko is ageless so amen, amen. <laughs> all right everybody we're gonna take our break but before we do what do you think of this interview with amanda let us know leave us a voicemail shout us out on twitter on facebook and we also have a patreon if you want to do book club with the ultimate literary girl me you can just join and become a patron and yeah We'll be right back with Amanda after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we are back from our break. And so now we're actually going to ask um, Toko a few questions. She decided she wanted to join us for a bit. Um, and so I will be asking the Toko questions because, as you all know, Toko is my doppelganger. So let us ask Toko some questions. So, Toko, our first question for you are, what are some of your favorite books to read? Are you, like, asking me that because you actually want to know or are you just making fun of me? No, I actually want to know. I, I really love to read and I, I need some recommendations. 
I feel like you're not serious, but, but, but okay. Um, I think I would recommend any, anything um, Russian and depressing. Um, I think also anything like, uh, like French and depressing. Like, um, I guess like Madame, Madame Bovary or something. Like where everybody just dies. Yeah. Or that book for you, but life is sad and then you die. Okay, I will definitely add those to my reading list. Um, <laughs> and also, we, I, th- I, I think it's good to just like, I don't know, read the news or something. Like, even though it's not a book, it's, it's good to be realistic about life and not get too, too, too optimistic or anything. Like, it, it helps you as a writer, I think, to be depressed. That's, that's good advice for all of our writers out there. Um, from, 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 again? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm hosting a podcast, Toko. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. Okay. Okay. Um, so we also just, we were wondering what an ideal day would look like for you and Master Biakia. Master? Oh, well, uh, okay. Uh, God, you got me all nervous again. Okay, so uh, I guess with Biakia, I mean, Master, I would, I, I, I would call him and he'd, he'd probably ignore me. So then I, I would go to his house and he'd probably ignore me then. But I, I, I know where he hides his key. So I would sneak in. And then, and, and he'd probably call security on me, uh, and then, and then, and then he'd like, he'd like tie me up or something, or like, like, like handcuff me with, 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 with my own, with my own literature. That would, be, that would be exciting. Like, like, like pages for my own novels, but then he'd like whisper in my ear, like, like, I didn't read any of these. I, I, I think I read like a page and it's garbage. And it would be the best day of my life. Wow, that sounds like a great day. It would be. Are you making fun of me again? No, I, I'm, I'm not, I promise. I feel you on that. Okay, well, Toko, Thank it's you. been so great talking to you. Thank you so much. I feel like you're not serious. I am. I'm so serious. I'm sorry. I'm hanging up now. Good. Bye. Bye. Screaming! I love that the thing that the whispered really got me. <laughs> I didn't read any of this. <laughs> this is garbage. That's perfect. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Both of them kind of turned into like weird bondage things. That's um. Uh, I guess you might have to cut that for your younger listeners. You know, yeah, (laughs) we kind of, like, are big fans of the Biakia-Toko combo, so I don't think they'd be surprised. (laughs) Your beauty is beyond compare, with golden locks and skin so fair. I was gonna say that's pretty much their dynamic. I remember this session or this um part in uh it was Ultra Despair Girls where I could not I could not stop laughing because um it was this, the fantasy sequences where Toko's like imagining Biakia and like so they had recorded Jason Wishnoff first and like just hearing <laughs> I can't even remember all the lines. I just remember it's like I'm your little piggy <laughs> like oh my God. It's a very interesting day at work. On our yeah. interview with him, he actually mentioned that too. He was like, 
was like weird lines. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yep. <laughs> really had an impact on y'all. <laughs> okay, I got a I got a degree in theater for this. Is this another day at the office? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. What, did, what did you do today, honey? Well. <laughs> that is amazing and so we were um wondering from what you do now and from what you have seen um I'm not sure like how much of it you have watched or played through or anything like that but um from what you have seen what are some of your favorite characters from Danya Lampa um well on top of being the number one uh, ultimate despair, I'm also a big narcissist. So I've only watched scenes that I'm in. Uh, but yeah, I've watched, uh, so I'll watch playthroughs. I don't really play a lot of games anymore, which is ironic because it's like I'm in, the more anime and games I'm in, the less I have time to watch. Mm-hmm. But so I'll watch playthroughs a lot. So I watched, uh, they're long. It's like, you know, like, like a movie. Like I'll, so I watched the ending, I believe, of the first and second games. So like I'm aware of that stuff. And then I watched all the cutscenes from Ultra Despair Girls. But what was your what was the question? Sorry, that wasn't the question. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, what are some of your favorite characters from what you've seen? My favorite characters. Oh God, I'm gonna be terrible with names. But uh, was it Sakura? Yeah, yeah. It's tragic Sakura. Um, I love. Uh, I mean, obviously, I love Junko and Toko. But I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who like really stood out to me as cooler than them. I'm having a hard time thinking of anyone cooler. <laughs> they are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's agree. fair. <laughs> They're cool enough to be brought back multiple games, so that should tell you something. But yeah, Sakura. Um, I don't care. I don't care about uh about Nagi. I hate him. <gasps> oh, thank I God. Like hopeful, like blah 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 blah. <laughs> okay so we did our second episode of this podcast we picked who out of the whole first game would be our like bay but for the other person and they picked makoto for me and i was so angry for the same reason i was like he's so boring nobody cares about like even in in movies that's why the main character tends to not be the favorite because they're like the ingenue they're just like i believe in hope i believe in this and that and like i'm like okay cool like it's just like i give me complexity give me like anti-heroes give me characters that have like a fatal flaw or a dark side that ruins their life or whatever and they either have to overcome it or they're a villain and they're like no like i i will not sir (laughs) i don't think there's anybody else in the games that i'm like really really like oh my god they're great I feel like there was some characters in the second, or in uh, Ultra Despair Girls. Was it Monica or Monica? Oh, the yeah. green-haired girl? Yeah, like, I thought, the creepy, there's a, several, I feel like there were several creepy children in that game. And yes. I appreciate that. You know, a lot of children, again, are like, all adorable and sweet. So it takes a lot to go against the grain and be evil as a child, I think. True. I expect individuality. <laughs> That's true. So we were also curious, we love to talk on here about like what we share in common with characters as far as character traits. And since you have played both Junko and Toko, we were wondering what characteristics you as Amanda feel that you share with both of them. This is going to be kind of depressing because they're both very, um, they could benefit from a therapist, I think. Yeah. 
And sure. I've, been, I've been in therapy for a while. So I feel like I definitely relate a lot to Toko's, the self, um, what is it? Not like necessarily self-obsession, but like she kind of assumes the worst in others, but also the worst in herself. So she assumes like, do you think I'm ugly? Like if somebody doesn't answer my text, I mean, I've gotten better at this, but like for a while it was like, if somebody didn't answer my text, I'm like, oh, it's because they think I'm stupid. Oh God. It's because they're sitting around laughing at me, you know? And so like, I definitely kind of relate to that sense of like, you know, like we were doing it. It's, it's like funny, but like ultimately it's kind of sad. Like when you see the world as like your enemy and it's kind of a defense mechanism. So I think, I think they both have defense mechanisms. Like, and I think, um, you know, I think for Toko, I think to protect herself, she's like, I'm going to keep everybody away and I'm going to, I'm, they're never going to hurt me, which is something that like I had to work through it and something I'm still working through where it's like, you know, walls can be helpful, but they don't let anybody in. But I also think on the good side, she's very loyal and she, in Ultra Despair Girls, you kind of see her grow as a character and like become more confident and learn to, to change. Like, you know, she had a traumatic past and so she's kind of moving forward and that's something that i've kind of been working on too is learning that your past doesn't define you and having the courage to like venture forth into the unknown like into into things that weren't modeled for you like being like i'm gonna be a healthier person uh and then junko i definitely relate to being uh bored with different personalities and stuff or with the same personality so like i tend to always be doing different accents that's why I'm an actor. I play different characters. Like it's, I think life would be boring if I just had to be me all the time. Um, and my roommates even call me on it. They're like, you know, every time you have something difficult to talk about, you'll talk in a British accent. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, awesome. it's, it's my, hi, sorry. Um, I have something to talk about persona. Um, it's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But, um, you know, so <laughs> I definitely relate to that. Um, I also do have a little bit of a vindictive streak so I definitely have at times when I'm feeling bad there are times where I definitely have tried to like make people fall into despair maybe not like by like killing the people they love but like <laughs> you, you know, know like if they're just like well life's actually pretty good and blah 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 blah, blah. I'm like oh yeah well did you know that in the challenger they didn't die instantly in the explosion three of them were still awake all the way down sit with that information yeah i've just done that to you now you have to sit with that sorry i didn't mean to do that but like i'm like i always always sit with like these thoughts and i'm like i need the world to be as anxious or as or as as overwhelmed as i am so sometimes when i'm not in check i will definitely be like oh yeah well that's not even true have fun (laughs) so yeah gotcha yeah. Um, more on like the brighter side of the characters yeah. <laughs> they all have like ultimate talents things that they're really good at and we were curious like you can pick from the characters ultimate abilities or just something that you come up with on your own but if you could have any ultimate ability what would you pick mm. I mean I think the ultimate like Merc or whatever would be interesting, but I don't know how often that would be like applicable in life. Like, I don't think you can just carry around weapons and be a badass soldier. So I would probably, I wouldn't want to be despair. I wouldn't want to be hope. I guess I'd like to be, was it, is it, Oh gosh, is it Sayaka or me? She's a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Pop sensation. So I love to sing. It's something that I want to be able to get better at doing in front of people. 
because I, I love musical theater. And it, to me, it's like the highest form of expression. It's like when, you, when your feelings are so big and talking doesn't fully do them justice, that's when you sing. Like it's like the next evolution of communication. But um, yeah, I get really, really nervous and I just, I can't audition. Like I'll sing in front of people in the moment. I'm like, I know people are watching. My throat just is like... <laughs> So if I had her ability, I could just like easily do it and just be like, oh yeah, you mean this? And just belt out some Broadway stuff or whatever. I'm sure that's probably not the coolest ultimate I could be, but. I think it's a strong choice, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I have like a follow-up question to that. Like, are, so since you are a fan of musical theater, what are some of your favorite musicals? So, I mean, there's like, obviously like the classics, but I tend to, I find that I tend to love things that are like epic and sweeping and have like sad, but also beautiful. Like ragtime is probably one of my like favorites. And I'm just like ugly cry every time they're like the wheels of a dream. Uh, and then that's not, that's not how I sing. I sing better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been discovering new musicals lately, like, like on Apple music, it'll basically like suggest new ones and instead of being like no i'm gonna go with the ones i know i'm like i'm gonna keep going down this rabbit hole and adventure so i've discovered like they're just like suggested for you and sometimes they're not good but sometimes they're great so my favorite one right now i'm trying to find my musicals playlist uh it's called the uh the mad ones oh my gosh i've never heard of that it's i think it just came out and i think because covid it kind of like didn't get as much you know i think they had to pause it but it's like I can't play any, well, I, mean, I don't know if I can play any of it for you because you guys would get in trouble airing music, but it's like about, it's kind of almost like, it's, it's almost like a more female driven uh, uh, Evan Hansen, maybe. Yes. Oh, thank I don't know God. if I describe it or not, but like the music is so emotional and heartfelt and it's like these two uh, best female best friends who are graduating high school and one of them, this isn't a spoiler, one of them died. So it's like the other one kind of trying to process her stuff before she can leave home. Cause she feels like if she leaves, she leaves this behind. So it's like kind of her and she's and the, the friend who died was like the, the, the one who was like the, the, the rock and roll one. She's the one who's like, you gotta go. Like, if we're going to go, we gotta go tonight. We gotta go on this road trip. Like you only live once. And the one who stayed behind is kind of more like reserved and more scared. And you know, her mother taught her to be very structured and very anxious. And so it's like, I definitely, I relate to that. It's like, there's the character I want to be and the character that I kind of more am. And like, and the music's just so great. Cause it's also, it's like, there's a song, uh, I mean, the mad ones and then the kind of reprise called go tonight makes me cry every single time. So that's a great one. There's a lot of good ones out there, but that's the one that like, I just keep listening to on repeat anastasia the musical was great love it oh yeah yeah they, they, they took something they took i loved the movie but they took the movie and i think even elevated it like the costumes were incredible the songs were beautiful in a crowd of thousands is a song i could sing every day like there's so many great musicals out there and i'm excited to like discover more like every time apple's like oh here's another one you don't know i'm like great let's go down on this adventure and find something new yes that's um, awesome i i made a musical theater playlist that has a song for every dong and rompa character um, <laughs> and so for junko i did i don't know if you've heard of wonderland yes is it mad hat is it the, yes uh, it's the, the, i will prevail yes that's it 
that's another one of the musicals that I discovered only through through Apple being like, hey, do, would you like this? And it's like, yeah, I, <laughs> da, 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 you know, this time it's gonna be me. The last thing like, you'll ever see. <laughs> I'm so excited. That is awesome. Oh my god, we can email you the YouTube playlist if you want oh um, gosh, after this is great. over, <laughs> and you can guess who's who. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What's, who's, what's Tokos? Tokos. I picked Carrie. Wait, Carrie from what? Or from the, from Carrie, the oh, the musical. musical version of <gasps> oh yes, there is, and oh, it yeah. slaps, girl. You gotta check it out. Okay, I'll add <laughs> it to my to my my list. Yes. It's so good. There's some really good songs. The Carrie song is my favorite. Um, but I just thought there were some similarities between the Carrie and Toko, like I, his characters. Yeah. That's this is actually great. There it is. Karen is Boop, adding it. Yes. Yeah. Her- Enjoying watching this connection yeah. for <laughs> Especially because, like, I'll be singing some of these songs. I'm like, I'm the only one who knows of this show. So, like, Wonderland. I never saw it, but, like, I heard, like, the music. And I'm like, somebody else knows this song. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I, when we interviewed Sean Chiplock, like, I don't know, a couple days ago, which was super lit. But Marin found her doppelganger of actor friend. And I guess you're my <laughs> doppelganger of actor friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. All right. <laughs> Sorry to go off the rails there for a second, Maddie. You can you yeah. can take it. No, it's something it's about like there's like theater kids, and then there's like Super Saiyan theater kids, which is like the musical theater kids. <laughs> like there's like <laughs> theater kids, and then musical theater kids were like, <gasps> like at a at a party, get us get enough like beer in us, and we'll just start all doing Les Mis or whatever. Like doesn't matter if we don't know each other. Once <laughs> the music starts going, everybody's in. We're all like ready to go. that's true (laughs) yeah so yeah and then switching gears a little bit but we were curious how much you knew like going into the recording and and filming for or recording for the characters in Danganronpa like how much you knew beforehand about like the plot about like Junko being the mastermind like did you know that or were there was it still like a twist for you so I knew about the mastermind thing because it's when you get the audition sides, it shows like the little character image and then it has like a description about them. And so it kind of, I can't remember exactly what they said, if they were like, she's not what she seems or if they were just kind of, I think they kind of were just like, she's, because for the audition, they need you to be able to do the, all the range of her. So they kind of can't get the range without telling you like, yeah, she's, she's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So yeah, for her and for Toko, I think they did say, like, hey, can you do a couple of different personalities or whatever? Um, because they have this and that. I kind of almost want to see if I can find that email just to see. It's like from, like, ten years ago almost. Yeah, I, I, I always try to look up the game or the property. Like, once I get the audition, sometimes they don't give you the name of it. I think for this they did, so I kind of Googled it. But I don't think there was even any, like, video footage of playthroughs in Japanese yet. There there might have been but I don't think there was I think there was just like Wikipedia or like fan entries kind of about them but I had no idea how much it would catch on and the crazy thing is even after the game came out for a couple years it was kind of just like a small community and I don't know if it was because it came out for PS4 or something happened within the past like several years that like I think suddenly it, it, it found a bigger audience and it's so exciting because I remember being like this is such a great game and I don't know why it never found its people but it just took took a couple of years a late bloomer yeah yeah it's the, the 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 girl in high school who's like the ugly duckling and then suddenly she becomes hot and everybody's like whoa have you been here the whole time and she's like 
this is a rom-com and i just took off my glasses and straightened my hair and said, yeah. that's true and i feel like when when games or film take a long time to establish like a fan base they last longer like interesting yeah like know? um like some of my favorite like clue is one of my favorite movies yes and apparently it did not do well like when it came out it bombed people didn't like the fact that there were three different endings because they're like i don't want to go to the theater three different times like they didn't market it well but it's one of the most enduring comedy classics out there really um and i don't know when it finally picked up but i i'm yeah you're right i think there is something about like because a lot of things can be popular in the moment just because they're there. Like, you know, on Netflix, we're like, oh, this was suggested for me, I'll watch it. But there's certain things that just you keep re-watching. And those are things that I think, yeah, they might not always be popular at first, but because they have so much value, somebody will catch on. And when they do, they will inevitably snowball and finally get the respect they deserve. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as, like, advice, so we always like to ask, because everyone's answer is different, kind of a similar thing, um, for people going into voice acting, like what would your advice be for kind of like breaking into the industry or like about the industry itself? I think it depends on where you are acting wise. Cause a lot of people think it's something you can do without being an actor. And I'm not saying that you have to necessarily have done TV or theater first, but you need to understand the core traits of being an actor, like being able to just say, what if, which is like the very basic, like what if I was an evil sushi? how would I sound like how, you know, like, because that's the kind of stuff you're going to get thrown into. Like, you're not always just going to play somebody like yourself. Like you're going to have times where they're like, okay, so imagine in this scene that you're, especially for animation, uh, not anime, you can kind of see the footage, but for animation, they're like, okay, so in this scene, you're going to scale the giant goo monster and then you're going to get stuck. So you got to fight them a little bit. Right. And like, it's all in your head. So for voiceover, I would say, you know, obviously get some acting training so you can kind of really live in those circumstances and learn and flex those muscles, but also flex your imagination and play muscles. So whether that's improv, um, especially improv, because there's times where they're like, I don't know, um, do what you feel like. And you're just like, ah, so you have to think on your toes or they'll say, hey, actually, we decided, can you do this character in like a, a British accent? And also, I think she's a duck now. I know she was a goat, but I think we want her to be a duck. And you guys just be like, yep, yeah, all right, let's do it. Let's play. Yeah, that kind of stuff, obviously, any kind of singing or vocal technique classes can, can help you learn how to hone your instrument and, like, learn, like, okay, if it's more in the mask, it sounds a little bit younger, but if it's in the chest, it sounds a little bit older and a little bit, you know, like, whatever, or, like, lifting your soft palate kind of has, like, a weird whatever, like, adenoidal thing, but, like, that, having control over that, yeah, so, like, once you've gotten, once you've gotten the training, like, I think the training is kind of, like, it's, like, the investment we were talking about with, um, like with those cult movies where it's like, yes, you might not be a hit right away, but giving yourself the training and the foundation means you'll have more longevity as an actor, as opposed to just having a cool sound and then people get sick of it and you can't do anything else. So once you get the training, get a really good demo reel. Don't rush into it. Don't just try to get your friend to make it because if it doesn't sound professional, people do have long memories and your first impression counts. And then after you do that, go to a city where they do that. Although now that might have completely changed because this is the first time in history where like voiceover big voiceover because there's always been like online pay-to-play voiceover sites that do stuff remotely but like video games animation commercials all that most of that has always been in la sometimes new york and then like you know there's some a lot of stuff in dallas too but like you kind of had to live there to be considered for stuff i moved to atlanta 
two years ago and I still had to fly myself back every to LA every single time we were reporting. They just didn't, it's just recording remotely. It was too much of a hassle. It costs too much money because they have to rent two studios, one in LA for the engineer and one for me here. Like it just didn't make sense. Now they're like, we're having to record remotely. So that could completely change the game. So I might put a pause on that answer of, of, of um, how you have to move to that city. Cause now I think now the thing is you have to have a good setup. So if you have the training, you have the demo reel and you have a professional recording set up you may not actually have to move to those cities so it, it helps that being there helps you be able to network and help people get to know you because that's ultimately what's going to get you opportunities if people send you stuff if they know you and they're like she's good she's not crazy she can do it but yeah you may you may be starting to see people who are recording from florida like major triple a games i don't know I, I think they're they're hoping to get back to in-person stuff after corona but from what i'm hearing they're like some studios are opening up, but for the most part, most actors are recording from home and probably will be through at least 2020. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to know, but those are the, the, the tenets of getting into it, I think. All right, okay. we have one more question for you before bed, wet, behead. Um, and that last question is, what are some current projects that you're working on that you want to promote to our listeners and get out there? I, it sucks because NDAs are the worst, but I have a show that will be on Netflix. It's an original animated series, and I'm one of the one of the main characters in it. I can't say much more about it, but it's a f- fun, episodic action adventure comedy series, and uh, I can't even say who it's by because that gives. That might give it away. But um, it's from somebody who, like, I grew up watching his shows. And now I get to be in one that he's made. So that's really cool. Uh, And I think it'll probably be out next year. We've been working on it for, like, two years now. With animation, it always kind of... They think, like, oh, it just came out. It's like, no, we've been working on it for two or three years is usually how it goes. Uh, Is there anything I can talk about? Not yet, but I have a couple really cool things in the works video game I'm working on got uh got some uh yeah a couple animation things like some 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 cool stuff and then on camera I haven't I haven't booked haven't booked them yet but I've auditioned for like a couple series regulars and so I'm like who knows maybe at some point something's gonna hit yeah I see me on like a CW show or something oh that'd be so cool that's awesome we will keep an eye out for um those those all those things for yeah. sure yeah. <laughs> all those things that I can't tell you you won't know when you see it i guess she'll be like is that what she was talking about maybe right to our listeners i mean keep following amanda everywhere on social media and her website too um because i'm sure there'll be updates there um as she's able to talk about them which is so exciting there definitely will be the moment i can share stuff we thought it was going to come out in october but then they just said it got pushed to january i was like no i can't talk about it till 2021 well, now we are going to be moving into Bed, Wed, Behead, um, and today we're going to be playing with Toko, and because we're playing with Toko, we're going to be choosing between Byakuya, Kamaru, and Junko, since we're also here with Amanda, and we will be playing as if all the characters are over 18. I know my answer, if you want me to go first. Yeah, go for it. It's, it actually wasn't as hard for me. Um, I would say I would wed Byakuya. Because I, as we have mentioned, all three of us are kind of obsessed with Byakuya. We love him. Um, he's great, even though he's like 
kind of an asshole. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got it going on and he's also very rich. So that would be nice. Um, I think I would bed Junko and behead Kamaru. I like Kamaru a lot as a protagonist, but I don't think I could be married to her, nor do I really want to bed her. I don't know. Um, yeah, Junko, I mean, like, she is crazy. Like, I would, <laughs> wouldn't want to be married to her either, because it would be a little scary. Um, I would fear for my life. But, I mean, she's cute. <laughs> you know? One time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, I actually have the same answers as you, Maddie. Um, yeah, I would wed Byakuya. He's a king. Um, Kamaru is she's just not that interesting to me. I actually really didn't like her for probably three-fourths of Ultra Despair Girls, and she turned it around for me in the end. Um, she did, but I liked her less than I liked Makoto for those three-fourths. So for uh, Caroline and Amanda, <laughs> um, if you can feel that level of dislike. <laughs> um, yeah, but so I, I I just would have to behead her. Um, and then for Junko, kind of like what Maddie said, I feel like it'd be interesting, you know? And like, yeah, she'd be down to try a lot. You know, she's got so many personalities. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be wacky. That would. Oh my God. Um, so I would wed Byakuya because he's living my life. Wow, king. Um, yep. And then I would probably bed Kamaru because I think that it would be a really, I'm very like self-deprecating. And so I think she'd be very supportive in that kind of environment, you know, (laughs) Um, especially with a one night stand. I feel like that I need that. (laughs) Um, anyway, and then, um, I would behead Junko. Even though I do love her, I rip. But yeah, she's ultimate despair, so I do the world a favor. <laughs> That's fair. Well, clearly I would I, I would marry Master. I can't even say it. <laughs> um, uh, what was the rest of the question? I don't even care about the other two. Um, or maybe they could just like fight to the death and decide for me? Uh, um, I guess Kamaru, I would... Uh, I feel weird about it because I feel like she's so innocent and so helpful and I don't, I wouldn't want to like dash her dreams with, 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 with a one night stand, you know, cause I feel like she'd be the kind who'd get attached, you know? Hmm. I guess I'd have to behead Junko, but I just, just have to make sure she doesn't behead me first. Uh, and then as Amanda, because I've, again, I've gone through therapy. I would not, I, I don't think I would marry Byakuya because I too have chased emotionally unavailable men for most of my life. And I realized, oh, that's not love. So I wouldn't, I probably would marry Kamaru, even though she is kind of boring, but I think she's very sweet and she would be, she would be a good companion. And so like, especially when Toko gets down on herself, she would be always be supportive probably to a nauseating level but at least it's like that i think kamaro has the best chance of helping her heal or i guess me heal i guess I, this is confusing i'm answering as as like toko's therapist almost <laughs> <laughs> and then bed Ooh, this would be hard well consent's a big thing for me so i guess i would bed junko because she prob- she feels like she'd be down for it. She might try to kill me, but, like, that would be exciting. And, like you said, there's multiple personalities. So there's, like, almost a replay value of, like, maybe it wouldn't just be a one-night stand. Maybe it could be, like, a couple-night thing. Like, it could be, like, a marathon. And then 
and then I'd ha- I guess I'd have to behead Byakuya because he clearly doesn't want to marry or bed me. So bye, <laughs> bye boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what are you doing? Why would you do that to me, master? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps up this interview. We are so, so thankful that you came on today to talk with us. This was so much fun. I'm glad I didn't sound like an idiot. The whole day I was like, this is gonna, I'm gonna sound stupid. I'm <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself and they're going to cancel me from the Danganronpa fandom. They're going to be like, she's, nope, nope. We could never. <laughs> Literally <Yeah>. never. <laughs> You're half the cast, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Almost a one, it's like five people away from being a one woman show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah. thank you again for coming. Um, and yeah, I think that wraps up our, our episode. All right, everybody, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We loved having Amanda Celine Miller on for an interview. Um, check out our Facebook, our Twitter. We are Ultra Hope Girls podcast pretty much everywhere. So if you search for us, you can find us. We also have a Patreon. Um, the lowest donation option monthly is just $2 a month. So if you have the ability to donate to us on our Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. It will give you access to a lot of cool perks. We also have a Twitch channel now. We are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast on Twitch. Check us out for occasional live streams of other video games by the Ultra Hope Girls. And lastly, if you would like to have a chance to have your voice featured on our podcast, if you have a question that you want us to answer or general comments, feel free to leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm. And that's all. We hope you guys enjoyed.